This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, March 8th, 2022, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strength. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? <laughs> and uh, once again, Jamie is out this episode and sitting in for the show is Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckby. Hey, Tyler. Howdy. It is uh, March 8th, y'all. Can you believe this? Like Spring has sprung. Spring is springing. It's a week before my birthday. Hey, next week, Jesse, you'll be down here. We'll record I know, in person. That'll I know. I can't wait. And it's, and it doesn't feel... I, I I don't know if we can if I'm going to get in trouble for saying... I don't know. If, did you guys watch SNL this week where they had that skit where... And it well, was, it was weeks, sort of repurposed... Two, two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. But it was it was sort of repurposing kind of an old bit where they're all sitting around a table trying to have a frank oh, yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. about a social... Uh, yeah, a controversial social issue, but are kind of walking on eggshells. I kind of feel like that right now with mask stuff. Like, are we allowed to make COVID... Like, are we allowed to make COVID and mask jokes now that people Please. aren't really wearing them anymore? Like, is it still one of those things where we're going to get like a side eye if, if, if you... You know what I mean? Like, or are we just all kind of have just moved on? Like, I went to, I went to the gym last night and the guy uh-huh. behind the the counter that checks people in his mask said this mask does nothing and it, and he was wearing oh, the mask and it was just, wow. yeah because he, but 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 then you know you, like schools kids aren't wearing masks anymore it just seems like right. it all kind of has is fading away i'm not gonna lie i'm here for it i'm here for it i'm here <laughs> for just a wild spring where where there's some normalcy again are you, are you guys are you guys totally mask free? Man, I live in Florida. We we we've been having a wild spring for the enti- last year and a half. There's there's been no rules yeah. down here. It's never been, a mandate in Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, the uh, governor never like we we did, but but uh, I mean, you know, we we I think we were for a while, but there was never. It was always like follow your heart. Kind did of you see? Situation uh, out here. Did you see DeSantis chew out those? Uh, yeah, that, those, those kids for wearing masks. I'm like, yo, yeah. bro, relax. Yeah. Like, it's not even I literally serious. thought about this. He literally, he's up on stage with these four college students who were wearing masks for some announcement or whatever, and he didn't like the optics of it. So, to explain the clip if y'all didn't, if the listeners didn't hear it, before he gets on mic, the Florida governor says to these college kids. Take off those masks. I don't want that uh, COVID theater going on. Da, 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 da. And and it was like, I was sitting here thinking to myself, if I was one of those kids, like, I know you're not vaccinated. <laughs> so <Right>. on one <laughs> hand, you don't know if I have COVID, so I'm doing this for your protection or vice versa. You know, like you can't. Individual freedom. Let me wear my mask if I want to. Why are you telling I, me I'm what to do? Sure, I'm know? pretty sure he 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 hasn't disclosed his vaccination status, and oh, he, he right. took yeah, some right. some criticism for that. Well, but no, also, he said he had the Johnson and Johnson. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he said the yeah, other one, yeah. but he wouldn't admit to getting a booster. That's what it was. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The boost. But 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 either way, it's like. Listen, we don't need the we don't need a the government telling you making healthcare decisions for you unless the governor tells you walks in here and commands that you take a mask out. You know what I mean? Like there there was yeah. a degree of like dissidence there, and yeah. it's like it, it, it's just as theatrical to dress down somebody wearing a mask than it is. Yes. It, 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 the other thing too is like there are countries that for you know prior to the pandemic, just out of a social courtesy, if you're feeling symptomatic of any sort. Of 
of respiratory contagious illness, even if it's just a cold, it's yeah. not uncommon for people to wear a mask. A you lot know of Asian I mean? countries, if, if a new flu breaks out or something like you'll see wide adoption of masking for, for people to protect their personal health. See, I mean, it's and like, here's my and this is that, I'm glad that you brought that up, Jesse and, and uh, Cameron, because this is my thing. It's like, oh, OK. So mass mandates are being rolled back. Vaccination mandates are being rolled back. Hand washing mandates don't need to be rolled back. Like I'm like, man. Listen, like, I don't I'm, need Uncle Sam telling me when wash or when I need or when I hands. can't wash my hands. Cover your mouth. Like it's like Freedom, we baby. need to treat that like that's an actual mandate. To wash your hands. Man, I'm like, y'all don't got to go back to being nasty just because you don't have to wear a mask. Like, I'm for real, like, I'm just seeing it. Like, I, this one thing that I hate, like, I went to a restaurant and I was like, dang, I kind of miss when we had hand sanitizer on every table. It's yeah. like, don't take that out the budget. It ain't nothing but like a dollar fifty uh, a bottle. Don't yeah, take that is- out the budget. Like, put that mug back in the well, budget. No. Listen, I'm not making a political statement here, but I actually didn't mind all the free hand sanitizer. I got to be honest. you don't. Now the gold corral tables are sticky again, and everything's back. Like buffets, people sing their fingers in the pudding, and they're like, "Come on!" Man, I went to I went to a restaurant and literally got food poisoning or some kind of stomach thing because no, it was no hand sanitizer. The girl bought me a spoon, and the spoon looked like it came off somebody else's table. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) I was just like, "Oh yeah," I'm like, "Yo, (laughs) where'd you go?" I ain't gonna I ain't gonna put them out there like that, but we that's ain't gonna good. go right, there again. Right. But it was like, look, I'm just gonna look, y'all. Hey, we don't just cause the mask mandates and vaccine mandates are being rolled away. We don't have to go back to being yeah. nasty. But I did have a crazy thought. I was like, man, we've been in a little literal civil war for two years over all this stuff. People have quit <laughs> their jobs over mask and vaccine yep. mandates. People have fought with their their family and it just seems odd that it's just just like this like in a snap push of a button they're like hey guys oh by the way next week all of that's gone like i feel like like i don't know it it's one of them things like we talked about on the last podcast i don't i'm not saying it's wrong but it just don't feel right to me i'm like what and it just well, had, like, following know, the data. That's weird to me. I'm like, how does I mean, it happen? If, you know what I mean? They're they're i think the recommendation was if you're if you are in a local area that has higher hospitalizations and higher, you know, uh, people getting sick, like continue to mask and social distance. But if you're in an area where levels are kind of back to normal and it's kind of passed through your area, it's like unnecessary or not as necessary to take those precautions, I guess. They're basically telling everybody to educate yourself about your where you live, you know? Okay. So, okay. That's a great point. Well, what about all those people that were saying that last year when the levels was kind of like around the same level that they are right now? Like, I'm like last year, if a, if a person was to say that last year, if a person was to say that, then people would have like banished them from earth. Well, Delta was a lot deadlier. I mean, the deaths and hospitalizations and the extreme sicknesses was through the roof compared to Omicron. Omicron was more like a normal flu symptom for most people i don't know it just it feels i I think it feels weird how all of a sudden it's just like boom okay it's back like we good everything is back to normal now i'm not saying either either way right or wrong i'm not saying anything is right or wrong like i'm i'm happy that there's no mandate and people can you know do what they feel like they need to do it just feels weird like the way that it's unrolled 
I heard yesterday on NPR that I think is interesting about this is like, yes, the levels are down, numbers are way down, people can relax. But I heard an expert, uh, a vaccination a, a scientist, literally said on the on the news yesterday, well, we know another wave is coming. Another variant is coming. We, we're not tracking it right now, but it will happen. This virus right. will mutate again and it will happen again. And I'm going, well, if we kept the precautions in place, then we could maybe head it off at the pass. But if you like open everything back up again, of course it's going to. Just that's what it's happened with Delta. Remember, like people were like going, it's a, "Oh, it's, it's a catch twenty two. It's a catch twenty two, though, because the economy. I don't like, or I guess the economy. I I don't know what like, I don't know what the thing is. I, you know, I guess maybe because of the war and all that stuff in Ukraine, Biden and all them. Like, look, man, I can't fight COVID and Russia. Mm-hmm. Like, we just gonna have to just pick one. It it, it <laughs> is it it does know. show too. Like, I I think. The importance of making decisions, not just based on sort of partisan principled stands, right? right. But right. but on on reason, right? And, and being open to admitting when it's like, hey, maybe this, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of idea was either misinformed or misguided, but it was ultimately we were kind of following what you know, the, the scientific consensus was, but it is like, I found it weird, especially at this stage where, where masks have become sort of this like virtue signal. You know, it's like, if I see someone wearing a mask, I'm, my impulse is not to pull a a DeSantis and just freak out on them for no reason. Like, I'm sure they have their own reasons for wanting to do that. Yeah. But it, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be my assumption that they're trying to make some, you know, political statement or, or, social right, statement right. it's like yeah look exactly. man we, we all just went through two years of some degree of collective social trauma right at the very least some people experience actual physical trauma some people Absolutely. lost loved ones i think let's just all give each other a measure of grace at this point if you want to wear a mask let's not give people a hard time there's no need to bully someone you know that's what does that accomplish all that does is just make someone feel weird Absolutely. you know and, and like it's it just it's we've we've come like this far in this whole thing where it's like all right let's just all lighten up a little maybe that's the solution you know yeah, yeah, amen. the best of the of people, you know, like you're saying, like, if, like, assume that people that you're seeing, they may be doing something different than you're doing, but assume they've, they've, you know, they've listened to different people. They've read, you know, they've, they've heard different experts. They it's very, research. very hard yeah. to give people grace. They listen time, to the Joe Rogan so show important. and they're going to. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Joe Rogan, uh, no, free some TikTok, you know, Instagram, some TikTokers. Dr. Yeah. Oz. Uh-huh. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Drew and Ellie Holcomb. They have a new album. They're out on tour right now. Lots of stuff. I uh, don't want to miss that segment. Also, at the end of the show, we have your feedback. It's some funny stuff. But right now, stick around. Slices are up next. Standing in the river of my second guesses. Don't believe it when I'm praying. Too afraid to pray and stir the water somehow. Never really been okay to move among the whispers. Never resting. Is there any other way to make the space it takes to break away with you now? I'm giving in. You're listening to King's Kaleidoscope. The song is Joy. It's also my mom's name. I think they wrote it about her. Well, today's show is brought to you by the Hillsong Channel. Uh, Let me ask you a question. How far would you go to protect the ones 
you love. I'm guessing as far as you had to. And that's exactly the premise of Hillsong Channel's new film, Evil Good, a gripping true crime documentary about faith and action. Set amidst the violent and drug-ravaged streets of Phoenix, Oh, Phoenix. The film tells the true story of ex-police detective Victor Escato, whose life is plunged into chaos when death threats are made against his family. Forced to take extreme measures to keep them safe, Victor must wade out into the darkness to confront not only those who wish to do him harm, but also the ghosts of his past, which have haunted him for too long. Throughout it all, Victor is tested as he treads that line of faith and works, trusting God on the one hand, while on the other, getting down in the trenches and doing what's necessary. So if you're interested in a different kind of Christian cinema and this blend of true crime and faith is for you, you can stream Evil Good at theevilgoodfilm.com. That's theevilgoodfilm.com. Okay, it's time for... Slices. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every time, no. <laughs> it just that's doesn't. Oh, that's great. You know, it's like it's it's good, but does it feel like the brand? Like, is it is it the one? That's the thing. Is it? Know. I don't know. All right, what do you got, Jesse? I have a I have a an old fashioned twofer uh, today. First one <laughs> is it. is a little bit uh, um, you know more serious, but I do think it's a, it's a cool initiative. Airbnb in uh, uh, you know the the everyone knows Airbnb. They're doing <laughs> a new. Like I was gonna Airbnb. I was gonna offer some qualifier for it, but it's yeah. like, do I really need to qualify Airbnb? <laughs> um, the, the U.S. Postal they, Service. <laughs> yeah, you know the so thing anyway, that sends letters. Before like, I get to the slice, let me tell you a brief history and what the role of the postmaster general is. Uh, so they there's Actually, the United Parcel Service. A lot of people don't know that. It's parcel. They still call them parcels. You know, anyway. Movies. You've heard of yeah. movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> Motion pictures. Okay. They're actually individual still frames that when played at a certain speed and you project light to the back of them appear to be a moving picture. Now, on to movies. Hollywood right now. Um, so, no, Airbnb has launched a, a new campaign um, to help meet the needs of of, uh, you know, these hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian refugees um, in kind of countries neighboring Ukraine, particularly in Poland, um, countries that are receiving a lot of refugees right now. Um, they have launched a campaign that you can find out how to donate over at Airbnb.org, which is sort of their um, nonprofit uh, uh, humanitarian arm. And essentially, they are uh, creating a campaign where you can either donate to help kind of fund housing some of these uh, refugees and Airbnb properties. You can donate directly to that. Or if you're an Airbnb owner, like a homeowner, um, or you have a home that you want to donate to be able to house refugees, like I said, mainly in the the countries surrounding Ukraine that are, are taking in a lot of the victims of this war, um, you can uh, you can go there. You can register your home and actually provide it as a place for refugees. So it's a very cool campaign. I always love when you know there's a, a kind of a, a, a private tech company figures out a cool way to use their technology, not just for their own bottom line, but to help uh, an important. Yeah, global it's free. Cause. I'm reading yeah. it right now. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, and they're telling this. They're telling That's the cool. stories of refugees moving to a new country, or relief workers providing long-term aid, and you can you cool. have 
Yeah, I know, I know recently, obviously, last episode, we, you know, talked about the efforts that World Vision is doing. And I think it's really cool when there are nonprofit humanitarian agencies that are undertaking these causes. But I also think it's cool when, you know, an established business uses their success formula to try to find a way to help people. So Airbnb.org, if you want to kind of tackle, uh, you know, your this this crisis in a different way, you can kind of check out what they're doing there. So that's that's uh, uh, slice number one. Slice number two, um, this just. You guys know my thoughts about space. I think it's a big waste of time. Um, What are we doing up there? No one's answered me that question. Okay, this is one thing we'll never see eye to eye on. Space is boring. We spend a lot of money up there. Spend a lot of adventure up there. We send our billionaires to zoom around for a little bit and come back and and tell us about it and 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 take selfies up there. Um, (laughs) And this campaign just further further demonstrates my point. That we got nothing to do up there. That we we we're going up there and we're just poking around and and we got nothing in return. Uh, this comes from Mashable. NASA, NASA is offering <laughs> the chance to have uh, uh, anyone's name can be flown around the moon. So how it works is you can head over to NASA's website and you can sign up for this program. It's free. And you you enter your personal information, and that will be put on flash drives that are going to go on some rocket or some other boring thing that they're going to fly around the moon for How reasons I haven't boring? determined. Rockets, Jesse, when you're down here, we're going to go over to Kennedy Space Center and see a SpaceX launch. It'll change your mind. How are rockets I, I get boring? It. I get it. It's it's a big science experiment. Okay, it's big. It's a bunch of math problems. And what are we doing up there? It's like cool NASA. We're sending we're sending a rocket to fly around the moon and to get me interested in it. The most interesting thing you can do is put my name on a flash drive. Like it just reiterates yeah, the point of we have no, no idea what we're doing up there. Okay, yeah. but this uh, is how you get to the laser beams and, and the teleporters and stuff. You got to start somewhere. Can we just skip? Can we just skip to that and 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 skip enough with the flash the drives? Part. Yeah, like we what are, what am I going to do with that information? What am I going to do? Hey hey, you're not going to believe it on one day uh, you know my name was flown around the moon the, oh, i'm just gonna get to look that was super boring dad that is the most boring thing that is the nerdiest thing i've ever heard yeah, who cares i don't see the point of all of this nasa yeah. can we can we just skip all of all of this th- these lame promotions try to get people to care about space bring me back some cool alien or some cool meteorite that has secret powers to it and then we can talk but flying your name around a bunch of fly on, on a flash drive I get like it's you know the novelty of it. I guess to, to you say want you did the it. Bruce Willis arm uh, where they fly to a meteor, blow it up. You want that kind of a space adventure. You don't want hard drives. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I don't want a hard drive, or I don't want a you know a base a hang glider with an octogenarian bill you know tech billionaire where you know you got to pay a quarter million dollars to look out the window for ten minutes. Would it be better if they did like you know like the crop dusters doing and like crop dust their name around? Uh, there you go. Carve the, it up uh, the on the moon. moon. Like carve, carve it, it up with moon. something like that or put there like a banner at the, put a banner flag at the end of it like a will you marry me banner or something like that yeah. at the end of the rocket. Crypto.com. Uh, just put that right up there. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere right now. Might as well just draw them up on the moon, you know. You have know, you noticed how bad the Lakers pennies. have gotten since they renamed the stadium to Crypto.com? It's a curse. It's yeah. a curse. It's, yeah. I saw it coming a mile away. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you did. Warned him. All right, Could've what do you have, Tyler? Him. All right, well, this this is a the, the, you you guys know that I'm I'm a law abiding citizen. 
You know, <laughs> I, I try to follow. I'm a what? I'm a rule follower. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to mess with people. If you, I, I don't want to hurt people. And and so I abide by a, by a moral code and and tend to tend to mostly stay on the side of justice. But sometimes we've talked about this. Sometimes you end up breaking a law that you didn't really know was a law, and, and then you're in trouble. And then I got some real problems with that. And this is this is my Are you about like laws where like you can't take your horse into the like. Sure. Mall I mean, those are those, those archaic. You know, they yeah. just forgot to take those off the books at right. some point. I guess that could be. Although I feel like it's usually like you can't like strike your wife on weekends or something. Like, well, I probably wouldn't do that <laughs> anyway. But I mean, yeah, technically, this is a good law. But do we need to add the weekend thing? Yeah. Can't breed a dog with a rhino. You know, like wait, what? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. is that so in the law? Sort of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this thing, this this thing, uh, th- this law, I, I was surprised. And I want to see. I just want to get you guys' thoughts on this. So uh, this comes to us from a place called Cape Coral. And uh, and over here, there was an incident at an ice cream parlor at the shops of Surfside. Now, right there, you kind of get the idea of what sort of criminal undertakings might be going on at the ice cream parlor <laughs> at the shops Cape of Coral. Surfside. Is that in Florida? Where is that? Do you know? You know, I don't know. That's in Miami, I think. That's, I think. Or that's, that's Coral Gables. That's Coral Gables. It is Miami. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. It's We're Miami in Florida. Area, though. Okay. One of the, one of the, as regular podcast listeners will know, one of the most sinful states in the U.S. That is so true. Yeah. No surprise that yeah. there's a lot of crime Fourth going on most. here. Yeah. Um. But uh. But in Cape Coral, there were there were kids at uh, at this ice cream parlor at the shops of Surfside, and uh, and they are these kids are facing battery charges after police say they sprayed someone with silly string. You know, the the can yeah. with oh, the, yeah. uh, the, the oh, little yeah. pink string that comes out of it that, that you can shoot on people's faces. To us? <laughs> that, oh, it's I it's think, a well, I, you know, I feel like we're, we're in a very explanatory mood today. I want to make sure everybody knows we're all up to date on. Yeah. It's a fascinating, yeah, it's a fascinating product. But <laughs> well, allow me, allow me to break down the word "silly" first, so that you can really get a full understanding <laughs> from the Latin. So, so these kids at an ice cream stand. Sprayed somebody with silly string. Now, was it one of their friends or was they it? They were running the, around. They were spraying each other. They were spraying each other. They were spraying each other. And then somebody, and then somebody got caught in the crossfire. I believe a, a worker got caught in the cross. You know, you know, they they caught a stray silly string, <laughs> and uh, they got pretty upset about it. But the and the cops showed up. Parents were called, and it was a. And then the cops showed up, and uh, and the the and this is what Cape Coral Police Captain Phil Mullen. Public information officer said it's real battery, even if it's something like silly string. He said, and this is a quote, you shoot something, anything, even something as harmless as silly string, get it in somebody's eye, cause harm. The potential is there. So I just think that's what we're doing here. So you're saying that anything, any projectile, we took any nerf. sort of thing that could come that, that is that is thrown or tossed that could cause potentially in some sort of in some you know in the multiverse some sort of harm that's battery even like at a at an ice cream parlor involving kids is this the law that is not my understanding of what battery has to involve I think that this crime must be so low in this town. Like the these, the, like police are it feels just like a incredibly bored. Episode yeah. of Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels Andy. like literally yeah. the, the police department is you know rescuing cats from trees, locking up that one town drunk day after day, not recognizing it's probably time for a serious intervention here, uh, not just throw <laughs> them in the in the clink, and then you know busting kids for silly string. That seems like all they have to do in that town. Which you know maybe have they, to go to court. Yeah, that's over a, this. They have to yeah, appear. It, it, yeah, this, this is stupid. 
I one time. Yeah, I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I you know I grew up in a in a, in a slightly different time. It doesn't seem that long ago, but I this was that was a daily thing, like silly string yeah. strangers silly and string things like. Attacks. I remember one time I shot a potato gun. So far oh, no. in there, the potato just disappeared in a heavily populated, you know, suburban <laughs> area. I have no oh, idea where it landed no. and just walked away from the situation. But things like that were commonplace when I was a kid. You know, yeah. it seems like silly string was just all fun and games. Now it's I criminalized. Can't, I can't. I, I'm not going to publicly say the things that I did as a child that would yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I need to check on some statutes of limitations on some yeah, things for before right. I. You told, you told me some stories, Cameron. You was uh, a me, me and matches and uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, not, I, I, not I remember the matches story. Oh yeah, I bur- <laughs> man, I burned down woods before. I'm, yeah, it's yeah, anyway. All right, uh, what do you got, Derek? Well, in the world of America's dumbest criminals, there was a uh, TikTok star who uh, I mean, guy is going viral on TikTok. I don't know how good he's doing, but apparently wasn't doing too well because they found out that he'd been robbing convenience stores. And the way they found it is they saw the same shoes that he was robbing the convenience stores in in his TikTok videos. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I I don't have anything other than that. Just, hey, guys, that was very distinctive shoes, too. They're like, no, as I say, like, I mean, Converse. It's not like like black forces or okay, like okay. Okay. Jordan ones it was like some very unique shoes so I'm like I mean I look I know you got a sponsorship deal off your thing you have to wear your shoes your TikTok shoes to go rob the convenience store and it's like bro why are you robbing convenience stores like you could like I, like, I, I don't if you rob if a well bank TikTok, if, listen, like if, why are you holding yeah. up yeah listen if you yeah. rob a bank uh, robbing a bank in a convenience store in the year 2000, 2022 it's just it's it's not it you got to you have to do you have to have a better scam than that you got to do like the cash app scams and that are in my dms on instagram all the time or <laughs> you know you got to do something like that we can't try to rob banks or convenience stores especially not in designer shoes that we're wearing in our other job our tiktok <laughs> videos you know what I'm saying? But then that goes to show, I guess, everybody on TikTok that's doing well may not be doing so well, right? Derek, what 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 you're bringing up here, though, is is an interesting angle to the sneakers and preachers things. Maybe it's just an accountability thing, keeping those guys accountable for not committing <laughs> petty crimes because they have such identifiable footwear. You know, we just- I, I guess so. I don't know. But that's wow. Yeah, it does feel very old timey, like taking a gun into like, like, give me your money, like over the cash register. That, yes. that feels so like many, that is so just many not. other ways to scam people out of money. You don't need to hold a gun up to them. And, Man, yeah. you can pretend you're an African prince and just just <laughs> send stuff to Gmail. Just African prince send stuff to Gmail. Did you hear, did you hear the news went around last week that they there's this apartment and they they found an apartment in Nigeria where they went in and it was completely empty except for a pile of like 8 million dollars US cash in this empty apartment and so and it was started going around and somebody said like yeah, he was. He's been emailing people trying to like get rid of this cash. He can't and nobody would, nobody would take the past it. Twenty years and nobody. Yeah, he's like this guy's been trying to offload this cash. He's been very clear 
about this inheritance. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I need, do you want this? I can't keep it here. And uh, nobody yeah. listens. <laughs> I've tried to explain this hundreds of different ways. Okay. I inherited this. I'm a prince. I need an American bank account. All I needed was some social security numbers. Why won't anyone help me out here? My enemies are against me. Oh, man. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Drew and Ellie Holcomb join us. Oh, I've been dreaming about the Listening to One Republic. The song is West Coast. Well, today's show is also brought to you by the Lumo Project. Lumo is a visual Bible project that helps you see the gospel through a brand new lens. With Lumo, you can experience Jesus's teachings and story in a completely new way, a visual way. Check out Lumo's free scripture videos by searching the Lumo Project at YouTube. And for other free resources, including small group studies and more, check out lumoproject.com. That's L-U-M-O project.com. It's excellent. Go check it out. It's very, very well done, cinematic, beautiful, and well cast. Straight scripture. Really cool. Lumoproject.com. Okay, well, our guests this week are Drew and Ellie Holcomb, the award-winning singer-songwriter duo, are currently on tour along with their band, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, to promote their new album, Coming Home. Drew and Ellie sat down with our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee, to talk about finding new community on lockdown, the challenges of being creative in collaboration, and their favorite stories of touring with the man, the myth, the legend, Willie Nelson. Here's our conversation with Drew and Ellie Holcomb. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing like coming home to you. And no matter where I go, and no matter what I do, there ain't nothing like coming home to you. This idea of home... I was as I was thinking about just that as a as a title and really as it seems like a thematic ribbon through the record. Home, I feel like it's something that people have kind of a complicated relationship, especially now. A lot of us have been home more than we wanted to be over the last few years. Um, and then you do, especially us at Relevant, we'll talk to people a lot of times who have kind of, they don't know if they're allowed to go back home anymore. They have kind of weird relationships with families and things like that. I'm wondering, as you've been doing a lot of thinking about home, as you, of course, like everybody has had to stay home a lot, what have been some of your reflect? Why did, why do you feel like so much of your writing is coalesced around that? And what are some of your reflections on that as a theme for this album? To answer, you know, particular to us, we live in a pretty unique community. Uh, we've been in the same zip code for 15 years. Uh, we share a lot of the same friendships. Um, we've been through a lot of grief mm -hmm. and tragedy with the same people for a decade plus. And we've obviously, like everybody has, been through a lot even over the last couple of years. And so when we sing about home... We're not necessarily singing about some idealized, you know, Norman Rockwell version of home. What we're singing about is um, like being known. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that's, that, that we are fortunate to have. And we also recognize that a lot of people, especially in the era of COVID, don't feel that. We recognize that like we, we get to inhabit this sort of unique 
actual community, which is our actual home in, mm-hmm. in, in, in Nashville. Um, and we also, uh, it's funny, people always ask us on the road, like, so which artists do you hang out with all the time? And we're like, okay, well, we do have plenty of artists that are friends, but our, our home, our friends are like normal working folks that do not, are not like social media stars. They're not, you know, they're, and, and that's been really grounding for us. So we have this really beautiful experience of home. Now on the flip side of that, you know, a song feels like home uh, and coming home both are about being gone and how that can still feel like home. You know, like if you're with, hmm. you know, the people that you love. And so um, I think, you know, we're just wrestling through that tension. And at this current point, we are grateful to be able to land at a at a place that doesn't feel isolated, that feels like it has a lot of community, that has a lot of honesty and humor and vulnerability because we have these real friendships. And um, that's been a gift and we recognize it as such. I think one of the things that when COVID happened, we've never been actually at home uh, for longer. We'd actually not even at home. We had never been together. We've been married for 15 years. We had never been together in one place for longer than 14 days before COVID happened. Um, And so we were kind of always on on the move. And when we were home, there were some seriously like amazing gifts about that. But we also realized how much we feel at home on the road, like the Willie Nelson song, Uh which we Uh cover on the record, making music with my friends. There is a beautiful community that we have had the privilege of cultivating and being a part of. And that we really missed that we really miss um, and our team of people that help us uh, tour and make music and write music. Um, But in the same breath, I think our sincere hope for the music that we both make is that it feels like a place where people could come to a show and feel safe and welcome. And, um, and so that is a sincere hope that people feel like they could come to a show of ours and they can come however they are, whatever they're believing, whatever they're carrying, sad, happy, whatever, and, and have a place where they would know that they're not alone. What do you think it is? Because this is something I've heard so much uh, from both artists and just from fans, from friends, uh, about how much they missed that live concert experience. So they didn't get to have much of last year uh, or in, in 2020, some as well. And I think it is that feeling of, of being very uh, unselfconscious when you're, when you're at a show, you, you, you feel like you can really be yourself. It sounds like you guys are very intentional about trying to create that sort of environment, that space when you're on the mm-hmm. road. What goes into something like that, especially in a place where, as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of places where you don't feel that. Uh, and it's not just COVID. It's also like political thing, like weird cultural divides. That, that it does kind of feel like there's more of those now. How do you all create a space that is welcoming and inclusive for anybody who might want to show up to one of your shows? Well, I hope it starts with the music, which is what gets people through the door in the first place. Yeah. Um, you know, Ellie and I, it's interesting because neither one of us like dreamed of doing this as a job as kids. And so 
because of that, I think we're able to hold our role in it a little bit looser than, than, than some artists, because we, while we both work really, really hard at it, it was not some like make or break. I want to be a musician, no matter what decision for either one of us. As a matter of fact, Ellie sort of had the opposite experience. She grew up in the music business and did not want to be a part around it. I sort of stumbled into music through a series, a, a situation of personal grief. When I was a senior in high school, lost a brother, um, who was a special needs kid. And, um, music was sort of the thing that helped me get through it. And so I think because of that, we're able to hold it loosely, which then gives us a, um, the ability to, during a show to take ourselves, not totally, you know, not too seriously. And so I know I get a lot of feedback from people about like, you know, the inter song banter that we have is not canned. It's like, it, it, we're t- we may tell the same stories a few times over the tour, but we really are just like sort of winging it up there. And that's part of the dynamic between Ellie and I that works a lot of times like that, that time where we take requests and every once in a while I like, I don't remember words and I'll look them up on my phone on stage and have her hold them up, you know, just so we can try to sing the song. Uh, I also, yeah, try to be human. That's right. That's like a long answer. Ellie's short version. We try to be a human. On the road again, like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway. We're the best of friends, insisting that the world keeps turning our way. Oh, and our way is on the road again. Writing together as a couple, uh, you say you mostly write apart, but every now and then you try and do something together. How do you feel like the finished product is different when it's the two of you? versus your own solo oh that's fun um that is an interesting i'll just answer real practically yeah if we write something together it's going to be a lot tighter melodically ellie is much a much tighter melodic writer than i am i'm more of like i like looser phrasing and looser melodies um but also we've kind of gotten to this good point now we sit down when we write we kind of have to decide before we start who's in charge. And so whoever, whoever's idea <laughs> it is. So if it's that like Ellie's sort of, if it's Ellie's idea, then she's in charge. If it's my idea, then I'm in charge of the song. Otherwise we can get really sideways. And so what happens in songwriting is you always hit these like decision points. Like every few minutes you're hitting a point yeah. of like, okay, do you like that melody? Or do you like that line? Or does that feel right? Or what about this? And someone has to decide. And so when there's a clear delineation of like, who's captaining the ship, and usually, I mean, when you're writing for other people, it's the artist. The artist is deciding, but we're like, uh-oh. Uh, we're both here. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> both here. So, yeah, I, it, it, it does all of it that we've written together, I think, sounds distinctly different from just his music and just, and for sure, just mine, because mine's like working out my face a lot of times. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, but it uh, we laugh because... We, we have had to, I mean, we're 15 years into writing songs together and it definitely is like, we are way better at it than we used but to We've be. had some like serious knock, knock down, down, drag out fights over writing. <laughs> sure. But, it's kind of like um, accidental marriage counseling. You know, it's like. I bet. With a, it's marriage counseling with a melody is what that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go dance with the ghosts in the That was Drew and Ellie Holcomb. 
Make sure to check out more of that conversation over at relevantmagazine.com. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. Now I'm sitting on a bench, so, so tired running. No matter what I do, I'm always chasing something. I really hate the pessimist that I'm becoming. But no matter what I do, it's like nothing's nothing. You're listening to Tall Tale. The song is Tennis Club. It's a good, nice out to go to a tennis club. Well, today's show is also brought to you by UHSM. Healthcare costs can be confusing and the costs can pile up after just a few months of seeking treatment. Thankfully, UHSM offers great and affordable health for everyone. UHSM is a Christian health sharing ministry that puts your health before anything else. Now, health sharing isn't insurance. The programs at UHSM are member-based fellowships where faithful people can, can take charge of their own health care. UHSM offers a variety of programs to help you reach your needs and goals. From telehealth options to plans that cover the unexpected moments in life, UHSM has a little something for everyone. For more information, head over to UHSM.org or contact a representative at 800 900 8476. For more info, again, head over to uhsm.org or contact a rep at 800-900-8476. It's time for your feedback. Okay, last week we got talking about the Olympics and how to improve it. And Jesse suggested combining sports like Mm -hmm. gymnastics bowling would make things far more interesting than the Winter Olympics that we observe. So we asked you for your suggestions on sports. Oh, y'all didn't watch the Winter Olympics either? Nobody did, man. No, they already <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, that's basically our coverage. Was what Jesse just said. Oh wait, they're over. Um, anyway, so you guys hit us up on Twitter at Roland Podcast and told us your suggestions of sports that should be combined to make a far better entertaining experience uh here are some of our favorites <laughs> i like pc's <laughs> power lifting plus rhythmic rib- ribbon dancing basically <laughs> the ribbons are thick chains <laughs> thick ch- oh okay <laughs> i can yeah. see it that's a good idea actually i mean the margin of error is pretty small because you're gonna pretty knock small. yourself cold to if one wrong move <laughs> yeah. but i would definitely watch that because i don't usually picture power dance power lifters the most graceful people this one actually sounds like a fantastic idea that's a great idea all right, archery and snowboard half pipe. Call it the half archer. So he says, typical half pipe run, but entire time they have a bow and a quiver on their back with a single arrow. The last jump of the half pipe, they have to shoot at a bullseye while mid air they miss and their run doesn't count. So in other words, yeah. you're making like a, a hawk eye training uh uh-huh. like thing. For the well, it's kind of it's kind of like it. that cross country skiing where then all of a sudden they're starting shooting at stuff and then they it's like it's basically the same <laughs> concept though this would be entertaining to watch that, it, and dangerous it would be uh-huh. definitely dangerous. Someone uh, Peter posted a, a video and I've seen this before speed golf which is basically you know you're, you're sprinting from shot to shot and just trying to get through the round of golf as, as quickly as possible. Playing yeah. golf is really boring and terrible. Like the only way to make it worse is to add hard exercise to it. So it just makes golf somehow even more miserable. But uh, yeah, I, I if it was in the Olympics, I'm not gonna lie, I'd probably still watch it. Rachel Harrell said soccer and basketball, socket ball. I that's interesting. Yeah, I mean 
pretty, pretty low scoring. But John, John B says darts and dodgeball. Both teams try to hit each other with dodgeballs, but also throw darts to pop the balls <laughs> mid air. I like that. Is five points. Every but, pop is ten. I see no risk or problems. If you look, if you what dodge happens a ball, if you miss the ball and the darts are flying at the other team? It's like. Listen, <laughs> If yeah. you could, if you could dodge a ball, if you could dodge a ball, you can uh-huh. dodge a rich. Uh-huh. So. Just dodge ball with higher I stakes. I that's don't all. see. I don't see how if, if me wanting to watch dodge death. What, me mm-hmm. wanting to watch people throw just darts at each other. Okay, right. like dodgeball style. Like let's take right. the balls out of the equation. We're just throwing darts at each just other. Just call Country, it death ball. You have two countries get their best athletes and they just throw darts at each other. I don't right. see how that's any less ethical than something like MMA. I mean, what's the worst you're going to get hurt with a dart? It's going to be ugly. It's going to hurt. But I'm telling you, every country uh, out there, just a free for all dart fight. Everyone's not watching. It's that's that's television gold. That's, right that there. is called Squid Game. Is what that's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like this idea of of Vanessa had of curling and the annual hot dog eating competition. Okay, we're stretching sport a little bit here, but I like where we're going. I like where we're going. Hot dogs would be transported from one end of the ice to the other. I assume you're like sweeping it off or whatever that they do with it, and, and then consumed. The team that moves and eats the most hot dogs in the allotted time wins that day. It would be a little gross, because you have to eat a hot dog that's been like slid across the ice. Slid across the ice. It'd be cold, it's not, So wet. it's not going to be pleasant, but it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I don't see that how it's any more less gross. disgusting than the current hot dog eating contest. Ever since they started <laughs> dipping gross. them in water, it's really taken out the the like I, television yeah, appeal. Like back in the day when it was just people eating hot dogs, like normal people eat hot dogs, I could watch it. But now you said they, they dip them in water. Yeah, yeah. They get cups so they of don't water. have to yeah, chew. They slide down their gullet faster. Yeah, if it's, they're wet. it's almost like unwatchable. Take out the pre, water. Yeah, pre-digested it, by dipping them in water. It's gross. Yeah. It should mm. be rated. It should be rated NC seventeen. It's like. Why is it every July 4th? This is the thing that ESPN is showing. I mean, this is the only thing on. So America's watching the hot dog eating competition every July 4th. Anyway. All right. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot more of your sports suggestions. Uh, Go check them out. And our mentions at Relevant Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, it's it's March 8th. It's uh, it's spring is here. Spring is springing. And uh, next week, a lot of people are on spring break, a lot of colleges and the week after as well. Uh, so it's just got us thinking about spring break travel. I'm going on a little trip with my kid and, you know, just, you know, road tripping, stuff like that. So we want to know your craziest spring break travel stories and memories. Uh, where'd you go? What'd you do? What was funny or unique about it? Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Or you can also reply uh, when we post it on Instagram as well. We'll read our favorites on next week's show. You guys traveling for spring break this year? You guys going anywhere? Jesse's coming, coming to down, coming down Florida, coming down Ooh, to Florida. Yeah, we're yep, we got to see some basketball. Leave the silly string behind, yeah, man. Yeah, no silly string. High crime mm. area. Yeah, right. well, that changes the plans. I was going to go assault some people in the streets with silly string, but I guess we'll find something else to do. I have a bunch of bottle rockets. We can just shoot at each other in the yard. That'd be yeah. fun. Why don't, why, why don't me and you? Why don't me and you just go in the garage and have a dart fight all weekend? <laughs> I like it. Dart fights. What did you do for your birthday? Well, that's dart fighting, Jesse. It's good old-fashioned dart fight. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to thank Drew and Ellie Holcomb for joining us today. Make sure to catch them on tour if they're coming to your area. And definitely check out their new album, Coming Home. Also, little preview, little teaser. Next week on the Tuesday show, one week from today, big, big news. Not just a new issue of Relevant, which there will be. <laughs> 
<laughs> but a lot more. We have some huge news. Can't wait to tell you. I'm chomping at the bit. Chomping at the bit. All right. Well, hey, uh, to not miss a thing, stay connected. Make sure to follow Relevant on all the all the socials. We're on Twitter and Facebook, posting all the stuff we put out every day, and we're posting occasionally on Instagram and TikTok. It's a good follow. Come on. We enjoy it. We like interacting with you all. Uh, also, if you like this podcast, head over to wherever you listen and rate it and review it. It helps the algorithm, helps people discover it. And if you like the music you hear on this show, uh, check out our Spotify playlist. You can just search for Heard on the Relevant Podcast on Spotify. It's all the music we update it every week. It's all the music that you hear on the show. Okay, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And we will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Allow me to break down the word silly first. Relevant Podcast Network.